0: I was terrified i've never been away from home what is happening plenty of nights where i cried myself to sleep this is horrible this is an awful experience why am i here we want to paint this picture that everything is beautiful and everything's great and you only talk about the happy emotions and and I don't we've lost that strength within us that allows us to get down and dirty and talk about the hard things and and get over your pride and be able to apologize and having those difficult conversations without letting it escalate that's what we've lost.
1: None of it's real. It's just photoshops.
0: Crop out my flaws and my failures, uh, my aches and all my ailments. Uh, and now I'm picture perfect. Take all my dirt and conceal it. Really, I'm no better than it, is, But they pay me a pretty penny to sit and look pretty. I feel like I'm just Sarah. I'm not Sarah the model. I'm I'm just Sarah, the 23 year old girl with a boyfriend and a puppy and a a mom and a dad, like everyone
1: clothes. They lift me up so high that I'm sure they they're about to fall. The higher
0: that I go, the more unforgiving they are. No yeah. race and no exceptions. All they want is perfection. The man in the mirror can't even see his reflection. You live for their acceptance, you die from their rejection. But even if I fall, I fell in the right direction.
1: That is Sarah Simmons Truyo. I'm Andrew Connect, and this is the Unpretentious Podcast. Sarah moved to New York at 19. Making it in the city as a model is no small accomplishment by itself, but now, after the covers, editorials, and countless trips to over 20 different countries, what is most remarkable is that she still thinks of herself as just a girl with a dog and a boyfriend. Where does her inner strength to handle both success and failure come from? That's a good question to pay attention to as we hear how she got started in modeling.
0: I got into modeling, I think I was about 17. I had an interest in photography in high school and would always be taking pictures with with my best friend from high school, Brianna, and we always were playing around with cameras and stuff, and I think me also being a fan of America's Next Top Model and always watching that show religiously, I just kind of went up to my dad one day and was like you know what i want to try this and so i started making a little portfolio and i took it to my my agency in san francisco je model management and i submitted and i got my first contract
1: how old were you when you got your first contract
0: i was 18
1: you're 18, your dad, how did he feel about that? And then what was kind of your plan for, is this going to be like your career or this is going to be fun or how did you handle all that?
0: My dad was super, super supportive from the very start. He pretty much was like, you want to make this happen? Let's do it. And even my mom was super supportive. She she picked up one of my first clients for me, actually. <laughs> I pretty much just went into it like, I'm going to do this, but it's going to be fun." And if I make it in the big leagues, cool. And if I don't, cool. It felt like an out of reach kind of dream to make it and be a famous supermodel and all of that. Mm. So I I think I took a very balanced approach to it. But I I just more so was like, you know, this is going to be fun. It'll help pay for college. That was pretty much it.
1: So you went to college?
0: I did. I did about a year and a half of college. A community college, right out of high school. I went in beginning as a psychology major, and then I ended up switching to a veterinary major.
1: And then what precipitated you leaving altogether?
0: I had gotten a phone call from my agent in San Francisco, Philip. He called me and basically was like, "Wilhelmina is offering you a contract. They want you to go live in New York for three months. What I say?" <laughs> so, <laughs> I I think I took like half a day to think about it and I was terrified and I was like I've never been away from home what is Uh, happening (laughs) and I had actually rejected an offer to go to Milan Mm. earlier that year because I was just not in an emotional state where I felt like I was ready to leave the country by myself but Mm. you know you can't really say no to New York so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) so you're 19 years old you've lived with your parents, and now you're going to the big city as a model. How'd you survive in in New York?
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, I got into a model house when I first came, so I got the full experience of living with 15 girls in a three-bedroom apartment and that whole nightmare and that was new to me but i will say the one thing that was positive about that experience is that you make friends in the model houses if you get a group of good girls which i did and you you guys kind of become a support system for each other You, you kind of get into a circle of friendship and then also my parents were checking up on me all the time and supporting me and telling me I could do it cuz th- there were plenty of nights where I mm. I cried myself to sleep and I was like this is horrible this is an awful experience I, why mm. am I here and I would be going to 6 7 castings in a day not knowing where I'm going walking around in my heels
2: mm.
0: walking into these clients office and Looking like a hot mess because I'm so frazzled from not knowing where I'm going
2: mm.
0: not book any jobs mm. until after about a month but it it took a lot of support from my family not to not to give up a lot of push and a lot mm. of perseverance and and uh taking a step back and breathing and telling myself I could do this and
1: that I'll make it. Hearing like how much not will, how much effort that took and how much your it wasn't this dream of I go to New York and everyone is like, You're amazing. You had to work very hard, so what was kind of the motivating factor that said this is something I wanna keep doing when you had a much quote unquote easier option to go back home and do, you know, psychology or veterinarian? What was it that kept you in there saying this is something I wanna do?
0: I had a a fire feeling in my stomach that I got from modeling that I didn't get the same feeling when I was studying psychology or uh, veterinary medicine. I I just didn't get that same passionate feeling about it. And and in my head, it was like, all right, I could either go home and go back to school and forever live a life that I'm not 100% in love with, or I could stay here and give it my all. And if it happens, I'll be ecstatic. And if I fail, I'll cross that bridge when I get there, is what I used to always say.
1: And so now skipping forward a few years, like I'll run through some of the things you've done and kind of correct me or fill me in on the details. But it's like, I know you're signed worldwide. I think you've traveled to 20, over 20 or 25 countries. Like, and that's people flying you down there to work in these exotic locations. You've been part of like major Cosmetic campaigns with, I think, Becca, Benefit, Dormi, mm-hmm. which is the lingerie brand. You've done New York Fashion Week, which is, I want to hear about that. And then also Peter, is it Peter Ross, or what's the campaign you did there?
0: Peter Thomas
1: Peter Ross. Peter Thomas Ross. And then you've had, like, editorials and Lucy's Magazine, been featured in Harper's, Elle, oh, Sugar, and Style. So you've now accomplished all these things. Did it live up to your expectations, or are you still, like, I've got to climb higher.
0: I mean, I'm definitely a million times different than I was when I first moved here. But if anything, it, the hardships that I've gone through have made me fall even more in love with my mm. work. I mean, there's always a next step. There's always how can I do better? How can I be bigger? How can I expand? So there, there's always going to be that goal, no matter what level you're at, whether you're a top model or... You're just beginning. There's always going to be the next stepping stone. Of course, at this point, there's so many things I still want to do, and I haven't even begun to scratch the surface on what it is I want to accomplish.
1: I think that's true across any profession, any job, anything, not just modeling. But if there's always a next step, how do you ever evaluate if you're happy with what you have accomplished?
0: I think even at this point, even though I feel as though I haven't scratched the surface, I am always proud of how much I've overcome to begin with. And I, I think no matter what part of my journey I'm in, that's how I continue to be happy and make sure that I am joyful, no matter if I'm in a low point or a high point. So I always have to appreciate the steps I've taken, no matter what level I'm at.
1: I think there's a there's a psychological study where they like what it proved was that if people have to work harder for something, they value it more because, you know, I worked so hard for this, therefore I have to say it was valuable. With that principle in mind, how do you know if you actually enjoy something or it's just because I had to work so hard, like as you said, you overcame so much, does that almost force you to value it more or do you truly just value it for itself?
0: It forces me to value it more, working for it. Me as a person, I've, I've never been a person who liked The easy route. I always Mm -hmm. choose the harder route (laughs) just because I I know I would value it more.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. But okay. So then kind of tying that in from like on the personal level, like how do people treat you when they hear that you're a model? Like, is that like, that's amazing? Or is it more they kind of write you off? Or what's kind of your experience been?
0: It's a mix. I get the mix of, oh my God, you're a model signed in New York. But I, I also get, the people who who tend to look down and they're like oh okay well are you in college
1: mm.
0: so it's, it's kind of a mix really
1: okay cuz some of the some of the other models like I was thinking about that I've talked to it's like they would say that when people like their general experiences when someone says their model they're like it's discounted or looked down upon and like you're saying I bet I bet that it's mixed is more true to reality but maybe maybe the people and opinions you validate are those that, again, you have to work hard for because who wants to be like bombarded with someone saying you're amazing? You're like, it's annoying. So I was just wondering if that, that principle, if it almost like disguises or it prevents us from really asking what do we enjoy for ourselves or by itself? And instead, it makes us focus on what we can't have because all these things that are easily available to us, we discount and something... That's hard to get, we place more value on when it's like in reality, maybe we just love chasing something and we don't actually know what we enjoy having for itself. But I just wanted to kind of explore that a little with you. Like do you have any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I will say in, in regards to people's reaction to being a model, I think that stereotypically, you you said you were interviewing a girl and she was like she was saying, my life is about me. It's all about me, <laughs> which which was really funny to me, actually, but I, I think that's kind of the picture of what people think when they see a model and they don't realize that there is hard work that goes into it. There is sacrifice that goes into it. There is a business aspect that goes into it and mm-hmm. and a lot of times what happens is young models don't realize that and they don't treat it as a business. Mm-hmm. And so, it becomes an easy thing. You're just a pretty 17-year-old mm. getting her picture taken and getting money for it. When when in reality, there's so much more that goes into it. A, as a lot of the models that have made it understand how to market themselves. They understand how to manage their money and reinvest it in themselves. They're in the gym, sometimes doing a double workout, doing two hours in the morning, two hours a night, they're eating healthy. They're, they're, they know how to network. They know how to catch an opportunity right when it's in front of them. And, and they understand how to brand themselves as a company. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that people don't really realize when they hear, oh, you're a model.
1: All those skills that you're talking about, I'm curious about them. I'm also curious, how would you describe your job? I mean, that's that's all like the nature of getting a job, correct, which is crucial. You got to have that. But then what people are aware of, they only see the finished product, which is here's you on a magazine cover, or here's you in an ad campaign. Is 90% of your time spent trying to get a job and then 10% of the time is spent actually doing it?
0: It's not just that. The work that goes into it, because as a model, you're the product, it's less of a job and more of a lifestyle. A lot of your life revolves around getting that job.
1: And what all does that look like or involve?
0: I can only speak for myself, just because every girl has a different type of body some girls can get away with more
1: Mm.
0: sadly I'm not one of those girls (laughs) for me personally I'm not a big drinker I have one drink on my birthday and I have one drink on New Year's and that's just because I can't get away with that kind of stuff let alone I cannot handle the feeling of a hangover that would affect anyone on a social level because drinking is such a huge thing socially That's one example of what I mean by it becomes a lifestyle Mm. or a fitness lifestyle. I eat super healthy. I don't eat meat. I don't eat dairy. And I'm mainly vegan just because that works for me. Eating and going out to restaurants is also a huge social thing, which... I still enjoy because New York City is the hub of food and you can get any kind of food. But I always have to kind of watch exactly what it is that I'm, I'm eating.
1: How do you relate to your body then? Because like you're saying that is part of your job. Definitely in a very positive way.
0: You have one body and it's your home for your life. Yes, it is the product that i'm selling or marketing in order to get a job but it's super super important to just take care of it and respect it and do the things that are healthy
1: how do you know if you can succeed in modeling like are there some people like they've worked their job for 10 years and you know what i've been living in fear it's time for me to pursue what i really wanted to do which is modeling i'm quitting my job i'm moving to la And part of me is like, you know, that's freaking fantastic. You're believing in yourself. You're chasing your dreams. But, you know, you're 26 and your body type, is it realistic for you? Like, I don't want to discourage that. But it's like I do kind of want to know, like, kind of how do people know if they can make it in modeling and make it a job? And then what would you say to someone who's just walking in that door maybe at a young age and they don't even know what to expect where it's like, they get caught up with the wrong crowds or they think this is normal and it's not, what would you say to kind of those two people?
0: Um, I mean, starting off with the 26 year old, I I think it's phenomenal that you are taking that gamble and moving to LA and following your dream. I think that that is amazing in itself just because, you know, if that's something that is inkling in the back of your head and You don't you don't act on it. You're always gonna regret it, Mm -hmm. and you know you don't know unless you try. And the thing about modeling is it's it's the same. I don't want to say it's exactly the same, but it's in that same realm as being an actor or being a writer or anything in the artistic field. It's always a gamble. You can get out there and pick up clients and work and make a living out this, but it's a hustle. It is a hustle, and you there is no guarantee and you're only going to make as much money as the value you put out there
1: so for the people who are just used to working the nine to fives i don't fully understand even how modeling works where it's like you it's not like you work for Victoria's secret and that's the only company you ever work for or you know any brand Mm -hmm. it's you are your own business if you will and you are looking for other clients all the time yeah so you could be a model and work for like 20 different you know, companies no one's ever heard of, and you could be successful because that's your job, and that's that's just as much a model as a Victoria's Secret model. Or there's kind of like different hierarchies. Uh,
0: I mean, there's there's different hierarchies in a sense of um, if you're a household name or not. I mean,
2: hmm.
0: in that sense, yes. And you know, there's there's clients that pay a lot more than other ones like mm-hmm. for instance there's a successful model who works with 100 different clients they make lots of money and you see them online occasionally and you're like oh you know I see her often and then you see a Victoria's Secret girl and she's a Victoria's Secret girl her contract usually would probably pay more than one contract of the yeah. unknown models And so it's also just a a money value on how much you're getting paid in a way.
1: Model is like this generic term that covers a wide, wide range. Kim Kardashian is probably not considered a model, but it's like she's almost doing the same work as them, and she is a household name that's famous and getting paid a lot for working with brands. But no one, I don't think people kind of get that she's more of a reality. I don't know which reality star.
0: Yeah, reality star. And, and you know that's that's part of the the difficulty that models nowadays are having is that a lot of these reality stars and Instagram models and and actresses are taking our jobs. And I, I'm not saying mm-hmm. they shouldn't and they need to back off, but <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. It's the reality of it. You're seeing more and more of those people posing in pictures and working collaborations for social media and and magazines and stuff like that it's it's not a hundred percent like I don't think you're gonna see an Instagram girl on the cover of Vogue Mm. but
2: Mm -hmm. you
0: may see Lady Gaga which she was on the last cover so so it's a little bit of a mix of everything
1: someone like myself who isn't familiar with the industry Whatever an official model means or what traditionally has been a c- called a model, what what skills or what do they offer that if, well, she's got a lot of followers on Instagram, I'm just going to hire her. What, what would you have that someone who is just posting pictures on Instagram wouldn't have?
0: For one, being signed puts you on a completely different playing field because typically agencies are coaching you through your career. They're helping you out, so you're kind of getting the info of what you need to learn and how you can improve and things like that. Whereas a girl on Instagram doesn't have that edge.
1: What are those things that they're coaching you through or they're helping you learn that someone who's just doing it on their own would not be aware of?
0: The the marketing aspect of it, being a public figure, how to present yourself, how to work with clients. You get like Polaroids, you have business cards, they manage your portfolio. And essentially they're managing as a whole.
1: The value they have is that they can connect you with the companies because that's where they make their money is that ability to have that trust factor. But it seems it seems like that's something that Instagram is kind of breaking down, which is we are now gonna allow these brands and companies to work directly with models kind of bypassing the middleman. And maybe they mm-hmm. under maybe they underpay the model. I don't know how all that works, but it, it does seem Instagram could be empowering, like you're saying, to more diversity, where it's like, hey, you're this model and you never thought you had a shot, but now all of a sudden you have 100,000 followers, you can work with these brands too.
0: We're just gonna have to see how it all develops and plays out, because I feel like right now we're in a, in a middle ground.
1: Mm -hmm. with all
0: of that. I can see the industry changing before my eyes. We're just going to have to wait it out and see what happens.
1: Does being a signed agent, do they have like exclusivity where you can't do work on your own?
0: Typically, yes. It depends on each individual contract, but typically, yes, they are the ones who are managing you and booking you work in whatever region they have uh, jurisdiction over
1: the benefits they provide you is that you're not just working with some random person off the street that kind of gives you a sense of comfort and trust that the people paying you the money to to do the work are reputable
0: oh definitely there's so much back work that goes into being an agent they're they're out going to dinners and building relationships and things like that on their own. And so it's it's also a sense of protection. You're a young girl and you're traveling to meet strangers that are going to go take photos of you. It's, it kind of puts you in a vulnerable position, but having your agent, they do all the work for you. They know these clients typically. They get all the details for you. They know where you're at 24-7. They have phone numbers. They know your hotel. They know the transportation. They know everything. So it's also protection, and, and I think that's one of the biggest benefits of having an agency.
1: And someone's a new model. They're just so amazed that an agent is willing to sign them. How would you help them know, like, this is a good agent versus this is an agent that you might want to stay away from or this one? How, If you're putting so much trust in this agent, how do you kind of evaluate knowing if an agent's good for you or not?
0: Uh, Like agent or
1: agency uh which how do, like uh, why because i you know there, there's horse or or it's like you notice know, here stories where it's like oh it's they're, they're in bad circumstances and no one stood up for them it's like well maybe you signed with someone who really didn't care for you at all it's like how do they know that this person who they're giving a percentage of their pay to in order to facilitate all these things that they're actually they're the one they're trusting is trustworthy whether that be an agent, the actual person they talk to, or an agency they sign with, I don't know how that works.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, it's kind of like any relationship. You know, if if you're going to go into a relationship with a guy or a girl, how do you know it's going to come out on top? Um, There's a contract in place, and I advise every single girl, read your contract. Seriously, a lot of girls get in there, and they're just so excited to be signed and have someone be interested in them if they don't actually read their contract. Their contract is typically always negotiable and Mm. it's it's protection for both you and the agency. So you need to make sure that you're actually protected under this contract because it's a legal binding. You're a business and if you don't watch a business, it's going to fail. I've been lucky. I've had an amazing team behind me and I wouldn't be able to do half of what I've done or any of it
1: without them going back to like new york fashion week or like any campaign where it's like they're flying you out to these crazy locations and here it is all this work you put in that's now being put on display how do you not let that go to your head when there is so much praise as as much as i'm sure the criticism hurts you're also at the same time i'm sure you know instagram comments or just wow i can't believe i'm here doing this how do you kind of handle that level of attention
0: I try to stay as grounded as possible. I stay connected to my family. I call them all the time. I call my mom and dad and my grandma very often. I go to church on Sundays. I still try to do super regular things like take the subway and things like that. So I I try to stay as normal as possible. Why? Are you asking, like, why would anyone want to
1: do <laughs> Well, that's most people are, most people are dreaming about getting to this level where they can finally believe all the things about themselves they wanted to, which is I'm special and I deserve to be flown around the world. And I deserve to be separate from these people who would gawk at me or sneer at me or not treat me the way I deserve to be treated. So why would, why would you intentionally do something when, you're being offered the chance to not have that and probably being encouraged to think of yourself differently
0: i do it because i consciously want to be grounded because i like myself better grounded <laughs> if i start letting my head get too big i would think that i would start turning into a person that i wouldn't really be happy with and i would rather like myself than buy into all the glamour
1: but isn't that glamour what a lot of people would say is liking yourself, which is the embrace that you're special, embrace that you are amazing, and you should feel as positive about yourself. Why is that not something you ascribe? I mean, I'm sure you do on one level. It's not like you're there hating yourself. I'm not saying that. Why not go to that level of liking myself means being so in love with yourself, you think everyone should feel as great about you as you do. Is that that's not something you adhere to?
0: I wouldn't say I'm the kind of person that's like everyone should love me and everyone should treat me the way I feel like I should be treated. And I would feel like at the end of the day, I'm a human like everyone else and I, I should be treated as a human being.
1: That strikes me as very unusual. Like I'm not disagreeing with any of you all. I'm just saying that's it seems highly unusual that, you know, for me, if I won the lottery and I now have whatever the last one was, $1. $1.6 billion dollars, like would my goal be for I want people to treat me the same or is it like I'm fine first class, I'm never associating with these people again, I'm going to tell all these people off about this and that, right? Like that's that's what most people, at least myself, and I assume most people would have in their head of like this naive fantasy of them being right about everything. And it's like you're almost afforded that opportunity and you're saying rather than surrounding myself with people who are telling me what I want to hear, I'm choosing to deliberately try to be I'm um, just like everyone else. So that that strike, I'm just saying that strikes me as highly unusual, and I'm curious if you have any thoughts to why that makes you feel good about yourself.
0: It's pretty subjective. If buying a first-class ticket would make someone really, really happy, then go for it. But as much as first-class sounds amazing, <laughs> I like to still feel like I'm just Sarah. I'm not Sarah the model. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just Sarah the... 23-year-old girl with a boyfriend and a puppy and a, a mom and a dad like everyone
1: else. I think that's wildly fascinating that that is what you hold as bringing joy to your life. Tying that into your job, I'm presuming, could you help me understand, like other times like you need to embody an attitude or look for a brand. It's like you spent all this work making your body be in shape, be healthy, be able to portray something. What all goes into if a company wants to sell something a certain way, how do you convey an attitude or emotion where someone feels that and kind of resonates with the the emotion you were trying to get across?
0: Typically when you're on a shoot, the client has already created a mood board for you for inspiration. Mm -hmm. They have different poses, different moods, different colors to kind of capture a feeling of what exactly they're trying to portray to the buyers. I usually always ask the photographer or the client for the mood board right when I get there. That way I can look it over as I'm getting my hair and makeup done. Once I kind of get the the mood board in my head and I pictured what it is that we're going for, it's a fluidity. You start posing the fluid movement, almost like a dance.
2: Hmm. If
0: you've ever seen contemporary dance, they Mm -hmm. have so many different odd poses and and movements and I don't want to say it's basically the same thing but it's very very similar.
1: Mm. So you're well versed in this area of being able to portray emotions or get get that look and that feel and that vibe that they're going for and then kind of tying that back into well for your life it's like I'm choosing to embrace this feeling of being a normal girl with a boyfriend and a dog who's no different than anyone else what do you think about this concept of like almost evaluating feelings do you think there's certain feelings that you should embrace and say this is who i am or do you just look at all feelings as being the same or it's like if you feel something just follow it or how do you kind of think people should relate to their feelings
0: i think that people should be open with their feelings they should we live in a society that for instance, tells men that they are not allowed to cry, mm. and, and I, I just don't think that that is good or productive in any way, and you know, it's a mixture of, of logic with feelings.
1: I think we're all told to follow our feelings and embrace our feelings, but yet at the same time, like on some level, maybe we do pick and choose between feelings, but I don't I don't know that there's much discussion around this concept that We know there's some feelings that aren't good, like I think guilt is a feeling that if you bring that one up or say you feel that way, I don't think people really know how to respond.
0: Guilt is one of those feelings that makes people super uncomfortable to express or even talk about. I -hmm. think it should be talked about more. We were able to openly express a feeling of guilt. I think there would be a lot more understanding between humans.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: For anger it's healthy to express your anger. It is. Obviously, you don't want to go around hitting people or hurting other people. And I think there's a very healthy way to express your anger through basic communication instead of acting on impulse.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and do you have the same feeling as I do that society gives us contradictory messages that in one time especially when it comes to sexuality, like embrace every desire you have. And that is a good thing. And let no one ever tell you anything about that. And then yet at the same time, if you feel guilty, it's almost, I think the only way we know how to handle guilt is to say you shouldn't feel guilty and let's not talk about it because the only answer is don't feel guilty. It's like we are taught to embrace certain desires. And then at the same time we're taught to not follow certain desires or to say these aren't good or, like, I want kind of more of a cohesive way to say, how do we handle our emotions? So how do you handle your emotions? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I got to start off by saying I'm not perfect at it. I have my own struggles. The whole people should be living their truth. Same the thing with guilt is people need to learn how to communicate and handle guilt as if it were any other emotion. And and, and I, th- I I really, truly believe that As long as your emotion is coming from a place of love and positivity and not trying to hurt anyone else, then it's completely valid. There's a line there, of course. The the last you want to do is enable someone. I think there's a line there of, is this right or wrong? And you need to take a step back and assess the situation before making that kind of decision
1: do you feel that a model kind of represents like this is what society says is the top achievement of being feminine or what does you know being a a woman mean to you
0: i do not think being a model is the epitome of what it means to be a woman i think that that would be a very one-dimensional description (laughs) of what a woman is a woman is someone who can take care of herself, for one, and stands tall in her voice and her opinion and fights for what she wants, but it also has a love and caring heart and is able to nurture, and I I truly believe it's a mixture of nurture and being a badass.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The reason I say society is that, I mean, just looking at the stats, I got the top female models, I think they're paid 15 times as much as the top male models it's like i couldn't tell you any of the top male models except for what zoolander which he's not even you know thats ben whatever his name still that's a movie he's not even really a model that's like the only male model i know is from that movie and yet female models like you know i could tell you quite a few just from the way they're talked about in media so i think it's do you think it's unfair to say that society i mean you personally don't subscribe to it but do you think society in general would say that a That one of a a big part of being a woman is this idea that's represented by a model.
0: I think society is slowly changing its perspective on that. But I do believe that that is kind of where we're at. Hmm. But I think one of the biggest reasons that female models get paid more than male models is that there's so much more product being pushed towards women to buy than there is men. Hmm. Like, have you ever noticed that... For men, there's a shampoo that is for your face, hair, body. You can shave with it. You can wash your dog with it. It's for everything. But for women, here's a shampoo for your left eyebrow. You know what I mean? Uh (laughs) Female models are going to be paid more because there's more clientele out there.
1: That would be fair, then, to say of sports stars, that if more if more of the population watches guys play sports, then, they, then that would explain why they get paid more. But for acting, maybe acting is more of a debatable subject, because how do you quantify who they're going to watch?
0: I think it's a little different. At the end of the day, a female tennis player is playing the same game as a male tennis player. I would say that they should be paid the same, just as a female and a male actor should be getting paid the same exact thing because they're doing the same job.
1: Well, I mean, but it's going to be based off of viewership numbers. Like, I mean, that's true of Instagram. Um, If I post the same picture as you, no one's going to pay me anything because I have hardly any followers. Whereas because you have a lot more followers, you get paid. So I don't think it's fair to say just because you're doing the same job, you should get like the viewership would matter. Uh,
0: It would, it would, it would obviously mean that more people are viewing whatever product or whatever picture that is but i'm just i'm talking from a sales perspective there's there's just more clients based on women products than there Mm -hmm. are male products male models don't have as many clients coming in as female
1: models there's less demand for it yeah yeah you're pictured of an empowered woman as someone who's Nurturing as well as a badass, do you feel that that nurturing part is respected or celebrated by society at all today?
0: There is a tendency to kind of overlook that. And I notice more and more women are holding more of a value on being the CEO and climbing the ladder, which I think is amazing. I think we need more of that. And I think that women need to keep taking over the workforce. But I I think being a nurturing, woman holds a lot of value too and it should continue to hold value and not be looked over or belittled just because it's not a man's world type of job.
1: What does being a model represent then?
0: I mean if we're being completely honest I think it represents a face of advertising, a face of sales but it can also represent a reflection of a part of humanity. If you're you're looking at an editorial which is a more artistic photo or multiple photos is typically more artistic so there's more freedom to express yourself and let the model be more fluid and the clothing is cooler and and the makeup is artistic and it's, it's all a reflection of artistic vision.
1: And then within that artistic vision it's like there are very set defined roles of to be this type of model you need to be this height and have this look is so within the industry, there are very set standards that you kind of fit into.
0: Oh, definitely. And I think that's Mm. changing with every year. I think that is even outdated. There's so many girls who are now representing the curvy side, which I think should have been represented from the start. We don't fit a mold. And there's beautiful women who are super tall and they look like Amazonians. (laughs) And then there's beautiful women who are really small and there's beautiful women who are curvy, and there's beautiful women who are super thin, and think we need a representation on all levels. Every shape, color, form, you name it, there needs to be some sort of representation there, and we're just at the forefront of that. We've made a lot of progress, but we're still trying to change the industry. The
1: differences in the diversity, like I agree, they should be celebrated, not minimized or viewed as ways of saying something bad about someone who's not diverse in this particular way. It feels like if you ever try to say something positive about either male or female, it's almost as if you're inferring the opposite. Any discussion around what it means to be a woman is almost offensive because to say a woman is nurturing, well, you're saying she can't be a CEO. And it's like, no, that's not. So I don't don't even know how to sometimes like go about having a conversation without being offensive to some people oh
0: i get i get you i get you and i I agree there's a there's a little bit of oversensitivity in our generation i think nowadays with that kind of thing and i think it comes from a lack of being comfortable with yourself and blame that on on social media you can blame that on society you can blame that on parenting there's so many things that go into it and i think Mm. that little bit of overly sensitivity is is what makes conversations hard is people are not willing to listen and accept that someone else has a different point of view. Once people can listen and say, you know, oh, a woman is nurturing. Yes, yes, a woman is nurturing. Or maybe I don't agree with that. I think a woman is powerful. Hmm. But that level of acceptance and listening is, is just not there. And that's why we have so many issues with Oh you offended me. Oh I'm offended. Oh every everyone's offended at the end of the day. So you it it's hard to win.
1: <laughs> How is a society if we come to this place of embracing certain things and disqualifying others? Society has
0: has made it to where we we want to paint this picture that everything is beautiful and everything's great and everything you only talk about the happy emotions. And Mm. and I don't, we've lost that strength within us that allows us to get down and dirty and talk about the hard things and, Mm. and get over your pride and be able to apologize and be able to, Mm. and I struggle with this too, if I'm being transparent, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect in this either, but having those difficult conversations without letting it escalate, that's what we' block.
1: and by escalate meaning like it becomes a personal attack
0: yes but by, by taking it personally and taking it and basically getting offended and, and not being able to have an open discussion and connect and realize mm. that everyone has a different perspective and people just start taking everything personally and they escalate, they start yelling and, and and so on as far as you want to take it
1: yeah. Saw a quote recently. It's made me think. It's it's talking about basically like if we can't control our own desires, who will? And it's like, well, then you know, government or someone else has to step in. Like if we're not able to regulate ourselves or our emotions, it almost then becomes someone else's responsibility, which is a much scarier thing to think about. That more and more we become as a society, we're becoming reliant on someone else to almost police, you know, speech. Like this, this. This, these words are so offensive to me, you shouldn't be allowed to say them, which other countries believe in that, but you know, America, freedom of speech, it's like, that's kind of not what we've been about, but it almost feel, it feels like people don't have the tools or the ability to look at their emotions, process them, handle them. That's not what I want for myself, but for a lot of people, it seems like that's what they agree upon is like Facebook needs to censor speech. I don't ever want to see this or hear this perspective, and yeah, I don't, that seems scary to me.
0: It's hard because I can see both sides of it because mm. there are children that go on Facebook and sure. I think
2: that <laughs> yeah.
0: they, in a sense that needs to be censored because mm. you know, those kids are taking in all this information that's just toxic. On the other side of the coin, you know, I think everyone is entitled to have that freedom of speech. Do I wish people would censor themselves and make sure that they're being kind and, and analyze where whatever they're about to say is coming from before they actually say it? I totally wish people would actually do that, but they just don't. And so it becomes a question of do we allow the government to censor and make sure that we're being nice and playing nice, or do we take the responsibility ourselves and actually Become better human. They say they love you, but it's easy to fall from the grace. Live for everyone
1: else. Got you losing yourself. Why be a slave when you were made to be free from the guilt? To be free from the shame. You were more than a name. If you go down, you got the freedom to get up again.